This is the Scott Seidenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. Well, nothing got by the uh, Dallas Cowboys as the Giants fall to the Cowboys 28-20 on their Thanksgiving game, but they covered the spread, so there's a consolation prize. The Cowboys continue to fail to cover on Thanksgiving, and so you have the Cowboys winning 28-20. They improved to 8-3. and The Giants fall to 7-4, and and the Giants were at a disadvantage going into this game. I think we all accepted that, right? That the Giants were at a disadvantage, decimated by injuries. Now, both teams were playing on the short week, but the Cowboys got to rest players in the fourth quarter against Minnesota because they blew them out. The Giants were in a battle with the Detroit Lions. They were playing from behind the whole game. And so you lose players. What, six players went down in that game. You come into this game completely shorthanded. And usually when that happens, it's it's the later on in the game where the depth comes into play. Because that's when fatigue comes into play. We know that Thursday football in general is bad for the road teams. Right? I've talked to NFL players before. You've listened to NFL players before. You've watched them on TV. A lot of them, most of them, will tell you they're not ready to play a game by Thursday. Just Thursday night football is just, it's a, it's a safety issue. It's just, it's a hazard. It's not, their bodies aren't ready to play so quickly after playing on Sunday. And so when you throw in the fact that you have one team that was really you know, pushing hard on Sunday versus another team that took it rather easily, then yeah, that the team that pushed themselves on Sunday is going to be at a disadvantage on the short week. And they're on the road and had to travel. And now some would argue that the road teams do well on Thanksgiving because it's you get away from the distractions of your family and the holiday and all that stuff. Okay, and I understand road favorites have done actually well. Road teams in general have done well. On Thanksgiving. And the Cowboys just don't cover on Thanksgiving. But Giants were 10-point dogs for a reason. Was the line a little bit inflated? Yeah, I think it was. And I think it did have to do with pretty much everything that I explained about, you know, the Giants being banged up, coming on the short week, losing to the, the, the Lions and the Cowboys, having that impressive blowout win over the Minnesota Vikings. So, yeah, the line was inflated a bit. But still, the Cowboys were going to win this game. And so the Giants now, sitting here at 7-4, and the season is far from over. It is not time to hit the panic button. They've lost back-to-back games for the first time this season. It's okay. It's okay. We'll hear from Brian Dable uh, as soon as we get some post-game sound here. We'll let you hear what Coach has to say about this game. But you know what? It's... You, you look at the rest of the schedule. It's not easy, but it's not difficult. You face teams that you're familiar with. You're going to face, you go Eagles, excuse me, you go Commanders, Eagles, Commanders in three straight weeks. Those are three division games. Two of those games are at home. Those, you, you should be able to win at least one of those games. One win in those next three games gives you eight wins on the season. And then your final stretch of three games at the Vikings, home to the Colts, at the Eagles. You should be able to get at least one of those games. 
nine wins is probably enough to get you into the playoffs in the NFC. Looking around the, the landscape of the NFC right now, you have the Giants, 7-4. and four. If the Seahawks win this Sunday, and let's give them a win. They're, they're, they're favorites over the Raiders. So we'll give them a win. The Seahawks at 7-4. and four. And then if the Commanders win against the Falcons, well, they'll be 7-5. and five. So the Giants will still be ahead of the Commanders, and the Giants play them twice. And that means that the Falcons will drop down to 5-7. and seven. The Lions are 4-7, and seven. Packers 4-7. and seven. So think about it. Seven, seven teams make the playoffs. The Giants will at worst be the seventh seed after Sunday. And I, I got to figure that out because let's say if the Giants are... Well, the Giants lost to the Seahawks, so the Seahawks have the tiebreaker. So the Giants will be the seventh seed if the Seahawks win. All right. Even so, Giants are the seventh seed at the worst after Sunday. Then you look ahead to the next couple of weeks. Get, get you to nine wins. You're going to be in a great position to make the playoffs. You really are. 800-919-3776. You can always hit me up on Twitter, at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Give me your thoughts on the New York football Giants. The Giants are also, you know, we talk about the Jets a lot, and the, 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 decision to bench Zach Wilson and where the Jets are going to go with their quarterback position next season, whether, you know, I I say they need to bring in a veteran to compete with him or whatever. That's not the conversation right now. The point is, what are the Giants going to do with Daniel Jones? That's the question. Because the Giants did not pick up Daniel Jones's fifth-year option. And so they are going to have to decide what they're going to do with Daniel Jones or what they're going to do at the quarterback position. And maybe he's not their priority, which is crazy to say because the quarterback should be the priority. But you're also going to have to figure out whether or not you're going to have Saquon Barkley next year. Daniel Jones is having a really good season. He's had... You know, uh, a tough game last week against the Lions. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Still threw for 341 yards. And then tonight against the Cowboys, comes out, throws one touchdown, no interceptions. He didn't run the ball a lot. Maybe that's game script. Maybe that's just going with the flow and, and seeing what was there for you. Maybe the Cowboys did a great job spying. The Cowboys also have a really good pass rush. And Micah Parsons, my goodness, how good is Micah Parsons? But Daniel Jones has had a decent season. He's got a 58.1 QBR, and that I think it's like the best of his career right now, which is crazy because it's not even a high number. But what are the Giants going to do with Daniel Jones next year? Is he going to be the quarterback? Or are the Giants going to go into free agency and find somebody else? Is there a quarterback out there that would be better suited for the Giants than Daniel Jones right now? That is a serious question that they will have to answer. 
a serious question that they will have to answer. And, and frankly, I don't know what the answer is. If it were me, I, I'd consider looking elsewhere. Because as good as Daniel Jones has played, and as deadly of a weapon as the running game has been for Daniel Jones over the course of his career. When the game is on the line and you need a big throw and you need to continue the drive, I don't think I trust him to get that throw, to make that throw. Just think about it in, in, in terms of what we saw earlier today on Thanksgiving in the Buffalo Bills game against the Lions. Now, might be a bad example because Josh Allen's one of the top quarterbacks in the entire league. But when the Bills receive the kickoff in a tie game 25-25, and there's 23 seconds left on the clock, and they have the ball at their own 25-yard line. If I have Daniel Jones as my quarterback, I'm taking a knee and going into overtime. But if I have Josh Allen as my quarterback, I'm making a 36-yard throw down the middle of the field and putting my team in position to kick a game-winning field goal. I'm doing that with Patrick Mahomes. I'm doing that with, I mean, throw the quarterbacks out there. You're doing it with Brady, of course. You're probably, I mean, you're doing it with Tua the way that he's looked this year, right? You're doing it with Justin Herbert. Heck, I'm doing it with Geno Smith. But I'm taking a knee with Daniel Jones, and I'm going into overtime. And that right there is the question. That's the answer right there to the question. And that's why, well, these next few games might be the last we see of Daniel Jones in a Giants uniform. But the season's not over. They still have plenty of game left and plenty of opportunity left and a really good chance to make the postseason. 800-919-3776. Always on Twitter, at Scott's On Air. I'm Scott Seidenberg right here with you on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Scott Seidenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. Coming up about 15 minutes or so from now, Steve Fezzik, pregame.com. The only two-time winner of the Las Vegas Super Contest will join me. We'll talk about the Giants after this loss to the Cowboys and uh, how he power rates the NFC. And we'll talk about the Jets as well with their quarterback change. 800-919-3776. Giants lose to the Cowboys 28-20, fall to 7-4, and but are still in the postseason picture. Let's go to the phones. Richard is calling from Manhattan. Happy Thanksgiving, Richard. Hi, Scott. I got some numbers for you with Metropolitan teams. Let's see if we can equate it. I'm going to give you four teams and their starts to the beginning of the year. You tell me who who amongst the four was the most likely to derail, and uh, you'll see. All right, so we got the Yankees starting at 61-23, and winning percentage of 730. Then we had the New York Giants starting at seven and two. Now they're not too good, seven and four, but seven and two. Their winning percentage was seven seven zero. We have the New Jersey Devils started at sixteen and three. That's an eight fifty winning percentage. And we had the New York Jets 
starting at six and three, that's a six seventy percentage. So I would say, Richard, I would say those teams. Or who was the biggest mirage? It's 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 not even close. It's the Giants. Because if you if you look at those other teams, like the Jets, they're not blowing anybody away. They've won a couple of games they shouldn't have won, but they're still doing it because the defense is playing great and they're they're in all of these games. The Devils and and oh, believe me, I want to talk about the Devils because what happened last night at Prudential Center was absolutely a disgrace. Um, and I'm not talking about the disallowed goals. I'm talking about the they fans throwing the that beers. Game. They uh, I'm talking the about the, game. Richard. They Richard, I'm talking about. Richard, I'm talking about the fans throwing the beers on the ice. That's unacceptable. Oh, well, that was bad. Absolutely, absolutely putrid. Um, but the Devils, if you look at all advanced metrics, the Devils are one of, if not the best teams in hockey. If you look so at you Corsi think they and can Fenwick, maintain this pace. Yes, if you look at Corsi and Fenwick, which are two analytical stats that show shot attempts on goal, whether they're unblocked or blocked, uh, expected goal percentage, expected goal differential, the Devils are one of the top teams in hockey. So they dominated they, they can that sustain game last that. night. They dominated as far, that game. As far as the Giants are concerned, Richard, they have overplayed their record. So you don't think they're going to finish strong? No, I don't. And, and because if you look inside the stats of all of the games that they have played, they should have lost a lot of these games. And and they've pulled out wins. They had obviously the the incredible well, win to second. start Let the me just year. Say, right? You're going against the greater one of the greatest sports gurus coaches in the history of pro football, Bill Parcells, who said famously, you are what your record is. And Richard, if you have listened to my podcasts over the past several months, I cannot tell you how many times I have quoted Bill Parcells when I have defended picking the Giants against the spread in all of these games. So I got to say that I have picked picked the Giants. Let me just interrupt you uh, and respectfully. Isn't this more a result of the Giants' injuries, just like the Yankees? I mean, the Yankees, yes. they, weren't, they were fine until all those injuries, and so were the Giants. So who's to say? Yeah, the, right? thing with the, Giants, the thing with the Giants, though, Richard, is that they have been getting by on certain, certain things that aren't tangible, and maybe that's just hard for analytical people to, to comprehend. I think they got a major, there's a major coaching boost. Right, Brian Dable is a tremendous coach, and it's not just Brian Dable. Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs, is an incredible coach and a very good play calling. Brian play caller. Brian Dable wouldn't have just handed over play calling duties to Mike Kafka if he didn't believe how good this guy was at calling plays. So, right, and Scott, Wink, what about and, the Jets? And, Did they have a chance of maintaining that six and three start? Can they go? Listen, you know, they're six and four now. Can they go any four uh, and three the, in the, the last seven? The schedule gets tough. You know, they're going to play the Bills. They're going to play the, the the Dolphins. They're going to play the Vikings. This is a winnable game this week, Richard, because I don't think Justin Fields plays because he's got the separated shoulder. The The thing with the Jets is the defense is playing fine. The skill position players are playing good. They, they missed the heck out of Brees Hall, but they got to get something from the quarterback position, and benching Zach Wilson was the right move because anybody – is an upgrade from what they have been getting from Zach Wilson. Richard, I appreciate the phone call. Yeah, Great hearing your voice. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, real quick. Go ahead. Oh, we let lost Richard? All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving, Richard. Good to hear your voice. I uh, haven't heard from you in a while, so good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, my friend. Yeah, I think, look, I think the Giants, and again, we'll talk to Steve Fezzik about this because he does more of these power ratings than I do, uh, you know, being a, a professional guy over there in, in Vegas. 
But a lot of people will tell you that that the Giants are have been it's not smoke and mirrors, but they've been outplaying their stats. That a lot of these games, the Giants have been coming away with wins where they really should have, you know, should have lost some of these games. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Vivek is calling from Georgia. You're up next on eighty eight point seven. What's going on, Vivek? Hey, what's going on, Scott? Man, first time, long time. Um, let me tell you something. Just a couple things. Um, what you just said about the Giants, actually, hundred percent agree. The only reason why they have they have the record that they have is is the coaching. It's it's hundred percent the coaching. They should have lost a lot of the games that they won. And that's because of coaching. It's not because of Daniel Jones. I mean, we have new receivers every single day. You know, they, they, they can't keep receivers healthy. They can't keep uh, offensive line healthy. They can't do any of that. But I did want to say this, is that I think uh, letting go of Daniel Jones is a ludicrous move because they they have to. They they absolutely have to, in my eyes, they have to franchise tag him and give Saquon the, the new card. Oh, no, 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 no. You I cannot franchise tag, tag Daniel Jones. But who are you going to – I know it's do you, reali- take, do you realize how much – do you realize how – you, you want to pay Daniel Jones $30 million next year? No, well, no, 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 no. Who do you go get? Who do you go get? <laughs> uh, you get, get me five quarterbacks for $30 million. No, I, don't, <laughs> look, I, don't, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, trust me, I wish we could, but here's the thing. There's no there's no other good quarterbacks who are coming into free agency this year. There's not there, – I mean – So free agent quarterbacks, look. Start look, over can, with the rookie there, quarterback. There's, there, there are some guys. I don't think the Giants. I don't think the Giants would be in a position to start over with a rookie quarterback. I think guys exactly. that you have to look at. Exactly. I think guys that you have to look at. Certainly, Daniel Jones. If you want to come to some sort of an agreement, Vivek, and I appreciate the phone call. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, if you want to come to some sort of a multi-year agreement with Daniel Jones, um, as you know, uh, Cody tweets at me, uh, Giants maybe re-sign Jones for a uh, year or a two-year deal with a first one-year deal with a second-year option, and then add another veteran quarterback. I think that's the move, and there will be veteran quarterbacks. I mentioned it for the Jets. There will be guys out there that you can bring in. You you know, Jacoby Brissett's going to be a free agent. Andy Dalton's going to be a free agent. These aren't guys that are going to, you know, take over your starting job and be your future quarterback, but they're serviceable. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo is probably the prized guy out there now based on what we're seeing from him in San Francisco. And who knows what the 49ers decide to do with him. Maybe they still think that Trey Lance is their guy and maybe they're going to move on from Jimmy G after this year. There, there's definitely options out there for a team that is definitely capable of continuing their winning ways. It's just... A lot of people are would not are not surprised by the Giants' last two losses, and if you just look ahead at what the the Vegas markets make the Giants and their point spreads in these games, it shows you everything that it shows you what they really think about how good this Giants team is. We'll talk about the Giants and just how good some of these teams are in the NFC coming up next with Steve Fezzik from pregame.com, the only two-time winner of the Las Vegas Super Contest. will join me, Scott Seidenberg, coming up next right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the Scott Seidenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. My next guest is always on Twitter at Fezzik Sports. He is the only two-time winner of the Las Vegas Super Contest, Mr. Steve Fezzik, who can only be found 
at pregame.com. Fez, happy Thanksgiving. Right back at you, Scott. And, you know, unfortunately, as a professional gambler, I'm always working on these holidays. Well, you and I both. <laughs> That's why we're here. Uh, let's talk about uh, the New York football giants. Uh, we just saw them lose to the Dallas Cowboys here on Thanksgiving. At 7-4 and four now for the, the Giants, do their playoff chances in your mind take a dip losing two straight games here to the Lions and the Cowboys and seeing the injuries that they're dealing with? You know, the Giants haven't been good all year long. Saquon Barkley's been good. They've won their close games, most notably the two-point conversion against the Titans. But the bottom line, if you just look at the numbers surrounding this team, they're a below 500 team. So I get it. They could still make the playoffs because they've banked seven wins. But um, as far as a forecast for this team going forward, um, not partly cloudy. I'm going to I'm going to predict you know, severe thunderstorms <laughs> for the Giants going forward. Um, just a yards per play for and against. That's the metric I always look at going into this weekend. Giants gained five yards every time they snap the ball. Their defense gives up almost six. That is unsustainable for a team that wants to have a winning record going forward. Looking at the NFC East as a whole, how do you power rank each team? Is it as simple as Eagles, Cowboys, and then it sounds like you have the Giants as the fourth team in this division? Uh, I do. I do. So I, there's not a big difference between Washington and the New York Giants, but I have Washington a point better. And this is reflected if you look at the game of the year lines. I'm not on an island here. Like in terms of how they're being valued, it's clear that the sports books are saying, hey, we don't know if Philly or Dallas is better. But we know Washington's the third best team and the Giants are the worst team. And you can just look at what, you know, what the overall lines are. We have kind of hit a timber moment in terms of who the best team is, though, because the, the look ahead line on Dallas Philly has been pick them for like the last three weeks. Mm. Now Dallas at home is minus one and a half. So if you give wow. them one and a half for home field, the market's saying these two teams are now equal. And Dallas really is only one and a half to two points of home field. Yeah, well, Dallas now up to eight and three. The Eagles nine and one. And we'll see how they do against the Packers coming up on Sunday. Talking to Steve Fezzik from pregame.com. Scott Seidenberg here with you on 98.7 ESPN. Let's talk about the Jets making a quarterback switch. And they're going with Mike White on Sunday uh, for their game. And I actually think... Am I crazy for thinking this is going to be an upgrade over Zach Wilson? And I mean no disrespect to Zach Wilson, but at pregame.com, you guys do a quarterback composite rating, which is basically taking the ESPN QBR and then the pro football focus ranking on the number on each quarterback. Zach Wilson, third worst quarterback in the NFL, only ahead of Mac Jones and Baker Mayfield. It only can be an upgrade. Yeah, this is interesting because I do my own quarterback ranking. So, you, so you're quoting the stats year to day, and I'm projecting where they're going to be going forward. Mm -hmm. But remarkably consistent when it comes to Wilson, I have the 31st best quarterback. Now, I had him bet equal, actually, to the last place quarterback, who was Davis Mills, both of which just lost their jobs. So Mike White comes in. Kyle Allen comes in. Now, I had Mike White versus an average starting quarterback, four points worse. I had Wilson only three and a half points worse. So both horrendous. These are like what a normal backup quarterback should mm -hmm. be. So, But even though I have Wilson a half point better, I still think it's good for the Jets, and here's why. It's not just about how good the quarterback's going to be. The team has lost faith in mm. Wilson. 
clearly. So I expect everyone else on the team, especially the offense, is going to play harder and be better with this change, at least initially with Mike White. And I think it even carries over defensively. I could see the defense saying, we can't win with this bum. I think that the defense, as good as it's been, can be even better now that they feel there's more hope that maybe the offense can do things like, hey, score. Yeah, that's not a bad point. Mike White did lead them to a win over the Cincinnati Bengals last season. In this game in particular against the Bears, I think the Jets are a great look here because I got to be honest, I don't know if Justin Fields plays. He had the separated shoulder, and if you're the Chicago Bears, I know this was brought up on one of your podcasts earlier this week. Why would you risk any further injury by playing Justin Fields when he's clearly shown you over the past several weeks that he, in fact, is your quarterback of the future? Oh, no question at all. And I have upgraded Fields considerably. I have him my number 23 quarterback. That doesn't sound very impressive, but he's right there with Trevor Lawrence and Heineke and Murray and Mariota. I mean, he's perfectly capable starting quarterback. We don't need him to continue to get banged up and get injured. It's a lost season for Chicago. So because of that, all the money on the Jets – I don't think that Fields is going to play, so I would agree with that. This line was four and a half 24 hours ago, and now we're looking at a line of six and a half for the Jets. The Sharps are backing the Jets. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to like them. If they get at some point, the number gets too high. Mm-hmm. I think that that point of no return is if it goes to seven. But anything less than minus seven, if I had to bet the game, I would bet the I would bet on the Jets. Steve Fezzik, pregame.com, joining me, Scott Zedenberg here on 98.7 ESPN. So if the Jets win and improve to six, seven and four, are they a playoff team in the AFC? You know, I got to be honest. I'd have to go through and do a projection of their schedule, the teams that they're playing, and the like. It, it really all comes down to not just how good are you, mm-hmm. and the Jets aren't good enough to be a playoff team. But you know what? Any team that's seven and four immediately is good enough to make the playoffs, and it really depends on the path that they have in front of them. I haven't mapped it all yeah, out. Yeah, they'd be in the mix right now. Uh, prior to um, you know, the, the Bengals are right ahead of them. The Bengals, well, they're ahead of the Bengals now, but the Bengals. Uh, well, they would be with a win. The Bengals are six and four. If the Bengals win on Sunday, as well as the Jets, they'll both be. The Bengals are going to wind up with a better record than the Jets. That I'm I would of. place that bet right now. The Bengals might have a better record. And, all right, let's talk about other teams in the NFL. I know you do your own power ratings. So, who are your top five teams right now in the NFL in the Steve Fezzik power ratings? Kansas City. Kansas City number one. Buffalo two. Buffalo. Okay. Yeah, it's not Casey. Top 10. I always go one down. Yep. Number three, San Fran. So you have elevated San Francisco a lot. A lot. Yes. And Is it just because of McCaffrey or everyone getting healthy? Uh, their left tackle came back. They, they haven't been that impressive on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. But with all those different options, not just having McCaffrey, but having Debo and the like, um, but having everybody healthy yeah. together on offense and the defense a little healthier as well. Um and further, I can see the upside just being tremendous on this team. So, like, in terms of futures, I'll say right now, Kansas City beats uh, San Fran in the Super Bowl by three. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's go past. It's done. Uh, it's done. It's, we don't have to watch it. Uh, let's go past the 49ers. Who's your fourth-rated team and your fifth-rated team? Philly and Dallas, fourth and fifth. Oh, so you're, Philly, you're Philly high better. on Dallas. Philly better than Dallas. You're high close. on Dallas. I, I, I might be just high, yes, because <laughs> the Cowboys can completely disappoint. But um, I I am, yes. You want to leave us with a best bet for the for an NFL? Maybe it's this Sunday. Maybe it's just in general. What do you I'll got go to us? the Super Bowl. All right? Okay. 
Um, well, you just said it's going to be Kansas City over San Francisco. By how much? <laughs> That's what you just said. By three. <laughs> so we'll bet. Um, I'm going to. You know what? I'm going to give you two bets I just made, and they're they're opposite sides. I played the AFC. This is at DraftKings. Okay. Minus one thirty. Mm-hmm. This is how prof- I'm pulling back the curtain on professional gamblers. I like that bet, but I like this bet even a little more. I played the NFC plus four today, so you can get plus three and a half at Caesars. Okay. Um, so I, you bet the AFC on the money line minus one thirty. And you bet the NFC plus the four points. Yes. So you can middle them both if if they win by if the AFC team wins by three. Right, and and it kind of makes sense on my power ratings. I've got the two best teams, Kansas City and Buffalo, uh-huh. just being a little bit better than San Fran, Philly, and Dallas. So I forecasted essentially the AFC team is going to win a close game in the Super Bowl. So both bets, it's and and pro betters do this all the time. We play both sides of games. We look to hit what's called the middle, and that's what I've done with the Super Bowl. Um, but both of those, you could lay up to minus one forty on the AFC. You can find that. And you can certainly find the NFC plus three and a half or more, and I think both are good bets. Interesting. There's a view from Las Vegas with the only two-time winner of the Las Vegas Super Contest, Steve Fezzik, on Twitter at? At Fezzik Sports. And can always be found at pregame.com. Thanks, Fez. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Scott. 800-919-3776. I'm Scott Seidenberg right here with you on a Thanksgiving evening, 98.7. ESPN. You're listening to The Scott Seidenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. I thought uh, that was a good spot with Steve Fezzik. Uh, my thanks to him once again from pregame.com talking about uh, just how he power ranks some of these teams and his thoughts on the, the Jets and the Giants. And, you know, yeah, that's kind of what I was saying before when I was talking uh, when Richard called about how a lot of people don't view the Giants as good as their record is. And, yeah, listen, I bet the, I bet on the Giants a lot this year. And when I've given out the Giants as plays, I've, I've quoted Parcells. I said the whole, you are what your record says you are. But they've won games where the, 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 the numbers tell you they should have lost games. And they've lost games now twice to the Cowboys and the, the Seahawks game and the Lions game in particular where it just they, they weren't that competitive. And so, can this team make the playoffs? Absolutely, I think they can make the playoffs. Do they have winnable games coming up? Absolutely, they have winnable games coming up. You got to handle your business in games where, you know, you should win. Uh, Coming up here against the Commanders, Giants are home. They'll be slightly favored. The next game at home against the Eagles, the Giants will be an underdog. At the Commanders on the 18th of December, Giants will probably be an underdog on the road. Then they go to the Vikings, home to the Colts, and at the Eagles. I said it before, I really think that only nine wins should be good enough to get you into the playoffs. You might settle for the seventh seed, but okay. The Giants weren't winning the division, so at best they were hoping for a five seed. So they get into the playoffs as a seven seed. So what? They're in the dance. And I think that as long as they get two wins, they can get there. And you're asking me out of these next six games, can the Giants get two wins? Two and four? Yeah, I think two and four is very doable. Three and three is doable. And if the Giants go three and three in their final six games, this is a 10-win team, they're a playoff team, and it's absolutely a success of a season no matter what anybody says. 
And then you have to consider what they do at the quarterback position moving forward. What they do with Daniel Jones. Maybe it's not as drastic of a decision as the Jets have to make, but both of these teams have to make decisions about their teams moving forward. The Jets have already benched Zach Wilson and don't know if he's going to be the... Well, he's definitely going to be on the team next year, but I don't think he should be given that starting job next year. I think he should have to earn that starting job next year. As far as Daniel Jones is concerned, I don't know if he's going to be on the team next year. And if the Giants are going to invest some money in him, well, what's the role? Is it as the starting quarterback? Is it competing to be the starting quarterback? What's going to be the role for Daniel Jones moving forward? And what's this Giants team look like moving forward? Is Saquon Barkley on this team? Speaking of Saquon Barkley, he spoke after this loss against the Dallas Cowboys. Let's hear from the the Giants running back. I got to do a better job. I got to go back, watch film, see what I can do better. If I can give you a better answer, but just off the first thought process is, you know, when the running game's not working, it starts with the running back. So I got to be better there too. So Saquon taking some of the blame, which is, it's it's noble of him. In the past two games, he's had 16 carries for 61 yards. 15 carries for 22 yards against the Lions. 11 carries for 39 yards here against the Cowboys. That's not good enough. That's not how the Giants win football games. The Giants win football games on the strength of their running game. You know, I used to joke about it earlier in the season when the Giants were winning these games, how, you know, they they, they looked like a service academy team. You know, Daniel Jones running the ball a bunch at the quarterback spot. Saquon Barkley carrying it 20, 30 times a game. That's how they win football games. When Saquon goes 35 for 152 and a touchdown, 24 for 110, 31 for 146, 18 for 164. That's how you win football games. Not when he goes 15 for 22 and 11 for 39. But it's not it's not all on Barkley. This offensive line is decimated by injuries. This is a makeshift offensive line. And it seems with the as the injuries pile up, it's a different combination of players every game that are playing together and it it just it, it takes time. It doesn't work. And so if you're missing players on the offensive line, guys are calling out protection schemes, guys might be missing assignments, and the holes just aren't there. Plus, let's call for what it is. Saquon coming back from an injury looked incredible in the beginning of the season. But now as the season progresses, the Giants have now played 11 games. Wear and tear is starting to set in on Barkley, a guy who has not played this many games, you know, a guy who was injured last year. Fatigue could be setting in now for Saquon Barkley. And that should be a concern. Or maybe this is just a midseason lull that just tends to happen. It's the NFL. It's a long, grueling season. These things tend to happen. 800 on the defensive side of the football, I thought Kayvon Thibodeau had a really good game 
He spoke after the loss to the Cowboys. You can't have emotions in the sport, right? Emotions will eat you alive. So for us, we just continue to try to, you know, stay poised, stay monotonous, and kind of just keep growing, keep getting better, and just realizing that, you know, things happen, and all you can do is rebound, right? You can't do nothing with, with, with that game. Just got to flush it and keep going. That's, that's what the Giants' mentality should be here. You know, you put these losses behind you. You lost two games in a row for the first time all season. It's, it's adversity you haven't tasted yet. But so be it. You're still in a great spot. All you got to do is win two, maybe three of your next six games, and you're in the playoffs. And that's the ultimate goal, right? Like, you're not winning the division, so stop thinking about that. I think the division was out of the question already a couple of games ago, just looking at how good the, the Eagles were and losing to the Cowboys now twice. That's it. You're not winning the division. But you can still make the playoffs. So put it behind you. You have now an extended break. It's like a mini buy. Use this to your advantage. And maybe the Giants now, with this extended time off, get a little healthier for their next game. Maybe they get Neil back. And maybe they get some of the pieces on the offensive line back. I mean, that's the biggest factor, right? Has been the health for the Giants. And fatigue. So, now, Giants get some time off here. They play don't play again until December 4th. And then they could focus on taking at least one of the two games that they're going to play against the Commanders. What a weird schedule, by the way, for the Commanders, too, because the Commanders are going to have to play the Giants back-to-back games. So Washington plays Atlanta this weekend, and then Washington plays the Giants on the um, on the fourth, right of the set. Like I said, and then Washington has their bye week, and it's a late bye, and which I think a lot of teams would rather have a late bye. And then after the bye week, they play the Giants again. So they play the Giants twice in three weeks. Now, obviously, the Giants are going through that same thing that they're going through, but it's it's not the same because for. For the Commanders, it's back-to-back games because it's they go Giants by Giants again. What a weird, weird way to uh, to frame a schedule. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We're keeping an eye on what's going on in Minnesota between the Vikings and the Patriots. As the first quarter is winding down, the Patriots have a 10-7 lead over Minnesota. Kirk Cousins through an interception in that one. It's 98.7 ESPN. 